As I was uh, as a kid, when I was growing up, um, my uh, my house, my the house that my family lives in, um, we've been living in all my life. It's a little wooden shotgun house right on Highway One, right next to St. Mary's. Um, used to get in trouble going riding my bike in the graveyard and stuff at St. Mary's, but that's another story for another day. Um, that house has seen its share of renovations over my lifetime, and I think just over the the course of it, it being there, right? Um, Every room over my lifetime has been redone at least once. Uh, most of the time, whenever these renovations come about, they, they sparked because my mother uh, happens to, to watch something like HGTV, uh, Fixer Upper with uh, Joe and, uh, jo- uh, uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines and Shiplap and all that stuff, right? Like, she loves those kind of shows. She loves that kind of stuff. Uh, Southern Living Magazine was the bane of our existence. Um, she used to open this thing up. She would watch shows, and then she would say these magic words that would make things happen in the house to my dad. I was thinking. Anytime my mother said the words, I was thinking, that meant dad had to build, paint, or buy something. Um, most of the time, it, it meant, hey, I was thinking that room, it needs a, it needs a, a facelift, Right? So what would happen is, is that dad would get excited because now he had an excuse to play with his tools, and mom would get excited because she was getting a new room, um, play, laying down floor or fixing the walls and putting sheetrock or something. It's constantly, the house was just a work in progress all my life. What would happen, though, is that not only did dad decide that he was going to start working on his stuff, but then he would try and sell me on helping him. Little buddy, we're going to do this together. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like, it's going to be great. We're going to work on this project together. Awesome. So I would get all amped up and fired up as a kid. And I'm like, can't wait. This is going to be so cool. I'm going to be able to, like, help renovate a house. I'm going to have, like, a tool belt. And I'm going to be able to, like, work with power tools and stuff. And then when it was time to like, start working on the house, Dad would say, hey, I need your help. Come see. Hold this. That's it? Hold this. Hey, I need your help. Come see. I need you to, look, hold this in place. I'm going to nail it. Why, why can't I use the hammer? Oh, no, no, no. I ain't trusting you with the hammer, son. No, no, no. Not a chance. No chance. Now, I'm, this is, I was 14. Like, this is a problem. If I was six, that was a thing. Just to let you know. The grandson, at three years old, there was a picture of him playing with a drill. So that's something, there's a big time double standard here between kids and grandkids. But anyway. There was something about it, though, when my dad was inviting me to come in and help him out with that, or if he was out, like, at a tailgate or a a, a Mardi Gras party or something, he was cooking, there was always something about him wanting me to be close to watch what he was doing. Because we learned something from watching. Last year, I had my first time where I was able to cook my own pastalaya, my first time doing it myself, and I was, I'll be honest, I was surprised at how much I had learned from just standing next to black iron pots all my life and watching apostolia be cooked because we learn by watching best coaches i've ever had in my life would are coaches that would be able to get into like get in front of us demonstrate what we were doing and then say okay now it's your turn go do it this is why youtube tutorials is such a big deal now because if i don't know what i'm doing like putting lights on my jeep then uh I can always pull up YouTube and it'll show you how to do it. 
We learn from watching. There's something about seeing someone else do it, and then we can mimic that. It's the same thing in our spiritual life. We want to see somebody live the Christian and Catholic life well. And then we at least can mimic that. St. Paul talks about that in one of his letters. He says, if you can't be Jesus, then be like me. Because I'm trying to live the Christian life. Today in our gospel, Jesus invites us. He says, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. He uses two very, very particular, very, very powerful images that if we break them open and we really sit with them, we really reflect with them, if we really internalize them, we can learn a lot from what Jesus is saying today. Last week we heard in the presentation of the Lord that Jesus was going to be this light to the Gentiles, that he was going to be a light in the darkness to reveal God's love to all of the world. Well, today he, go, he builds on that. He kind of stretches out that teaching. He stretches out the prophecy from whenever he was a kid, when he was a baby, that this, this, this man in the temple said that you would be a light to the nations. And he looks at us and he says, you are the light of the world. He looks at the people that are scattered, that are all around him while he's giving this Sermon on the Mount. It's his first homily, y'all. It's his first time that he's sharing his message of salvation to the world. And the second thing he says in it, after the Beatitudes, he looks at the people and he says, you are the light of the world. It's important that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Let's break open those two images. Light and salt. First thing, light. As I said last week, light cannot be ignored. Light is something that in the darkness, it cannot be ignored. And if you haven't noticed, our world is a, can be a kind of dark place. Sin is exalted. Virtue is looked down upon and kind of cast out. Basic questions of who humans are and who we are and how we are called to be in relationship are promoted. Division and division and more division seems to be the kind of the rule of the day, whether that be race or gender or politics or any of the other reasons. By the way, division always and everywhere serves Satan. God calls us to be unified. Needless to say, our world can be a dark place. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. A light in darkness cannot be ignored. A light in darkness changes everything, it like changes its surrounding. I once heard it said, I once heard a, a, a talk, an image in a talk, and the guy asked, he said, are you a thermometer or a thermostat? A thermometer changes with the environment around it. A thermostat controls its environment. Are you a thermometer or a thermostat? Are we, call, are we living out our light boldly and proudly and loudly in a dark world? Or do we try and hide it? Jesus is giving this homily, he's giving this sermon on the mount, he's giving it out in Galilee, and in Galilee, on the Sea of Galilee, there's a city that sits on a hill. He's, he's being literal when he says that, a city on a hill. I have a feeling he was probably pointing, saying, the city on the hill. 
cannot be hidden. And at night, it's bright. Can't be hidden in the darkness. Life of a Christian, a life of a Catholic, cannot be hidden in the dark world unless we don't let it shine. Unless we hide it ourselves. Second image, salt. We all know salt is amazing. <laughs> Our doctors know that we love salt because this is probably more heart medicine that's given to South Louisiana than anywhere else in the country, right? We love salt. If you're somebody who's ever cooked and you've ever put too much salt in a dish, you might as well throw it away because there's no saving it. Because salt has a tendency to permeate every bite. Salt has, a, has the ability very, very quickly to get into everything immediately. So if you put too much salt, if the top falls off of the salt shaker when, you, when you're throwing it into your dish, you might as well throw it away because it's ruined. Because you're not, you're not going to be able to pull salt out of the dish. In the same way, if our world's a dark place, if our world, like, we can, we can see that image of light and darkness, I would also say that our world without Jesus is a very, very bland place to live. It's boring. The things of this world can be boring. Because this world cannot fulfill us. Nothing on this world, nothing in this world can fulfill us. Nothing that we have on this side of the grave can fulfill our ultimate, our ultimate goal. It pales in comparison to the gift of heaven that God is offering us. But we as Christians are called to be the salt of the earth. We're, we as Christians are called to be the salt within our culture. That the salt, the same way it gets into every bite of the dish, our, the, the presence of God would get into every corner, every nick and cranny, every bite of our world around us. How does that happen? Well, whenever I was first sent to seminary, I used to think, man, I'm going to be this priest that I want to go out all the time, and I want to be in the corners of the world, and I want to be able to do like all the stuff for everybody. And the reality is, is that's a really, really heroic and ideal way to look at it, but it's pretty much impossible as well. Because one person can't minister to everyone. The church, right? The, what we see is the hierarchical church, the bishops, the priests, the nuns, the deacons, all of the people that are connected to the quote-unquote church, we can't reach everyone. But you can. You can. And when Jesus is looking at us, he's challenging everyone. I want you to be the salt of the earth. I want you to permeate every point, every place, every nook, every cranny, every space in society with my gospel. I want you to season a boring and bland world with my presence. The reality is, I, I, I've said it before, I, I, can't, I can't change your family. But you can. I, I, I know, as much as I would love to, I can't work in the office that you work in. I can't work in the classroom that you work in. I can't meet all of the people and places that you meet. The witness of a Christian is meant to be lived out in every space in life. 
Just imagine if every Catholic, just imagine for a moment, if every person, every person who is a Christian, every person who says that they follow Jesus would live like it every day with every person they meet. Like you think of your own week, the family that you have, the friends that you have at work, the friends that you see here and there, the clerk you see at the store. If we would be to live our Christian faith boldly, loudly, proudly with every single person we meet, that at the drop of a hat we could share our faith with the clerk at Walmart. If we, could, if we could share our faith with, with, the, with that one person who always has the dirty jerk joke at work. The one person who always tends to have the latest and greatest gossip. Just imagine what it would look like if we could share our faith with those people every day. That's what Jesus is inviting us into, y'all. When he says, be the salt of the earth and the light to the world, he's saying, I want you to live your life in a way that's active in my faith. Sometimes we think of that word active in the faith, and we think of like, I want to get active in the church, and we think, well, man, I need to be like a Eucharistic minister or read in mass or sing or something like that. That's not being active in the church. If you do those things, thank you. All of our Eucharistic ministers, we need you because otherwise we're here for 45 minutes giving out communion, right? Like there's a practicality of those things, absolutely. But that is not the culmination of being active in the church. Permeating society with the salt of the earth. Permeating the society, letting, letting God reach his people is being active in our faith. Being willing to live our life boldly, loudly, proudly, Catholic, is active in our faith. Today, God is calling us to be the light of the, of the world and the salt of the earth today. Like at the end of Mass, when he says, when we say, go in peace, and we all leave, and I got bad jokes and high fives for every kid in the church, right, on the way out. God's calling us to be actively engaged in our faith. I think a fair question for all of us, myself included, I think a fair question for every one of us, when we think about being the salt of the earth and the light to the world, if we think about these things, a very, very fair question for us to ask as a place of reflection, does my life look different person who has no faith do I live my life in a different way than a person that has no faith the places that we say no I, I, I don't are the places God is asking us to grow the places that we might say, you know what, I, I go to Mass on Sunday and that's enough, God's asking us to grow, to be Catholic beyond Sunday. The Lord's calling all of us to witness our faith. I have a feeling, the last thing, I have a feeling that every person here in church 
has someone who has inspired you to think that church, that celebrating Mass, that our faith is worth an hour on Sunday. I have a feeling that every one of us, whether that be a parent, a grandparent, a friend, an aunt, an uncle, a neighbor, somebody in your life once showed you, once witnessed to you, the importance of Sunday Mass. power of witness touches all of us. The power of witness has inspired all of us at some point in our life. God's calling us now to pick up the mantle to witness to the world around us. May we be willing, may we be bold, may we be courageous in being a light to a dark world and the salt of a bland society.